Welcome to The Secret Life of Dietitians. I'm Laura Poland. And I'm Amy Keller. So remember that old saying, if you don't plan, if you fail to plan, you'll plan to fail or yes. something like that. Uh-huh. That's a, a been an adage that's been around for some time. Mm-hmm. And I think people, when they think about meal planning, they can find it an overwhelming experience. And if you spend any time on social media looking yes. at meal planning and meal prepping, you can feel like you're you're doing it wrong. You can feel right. like you're not. People do very Instagram-worthy meal prepping that's always feels very overwhelming to me when I look at it. Absolutely. I agree. So we, we thought we'd unpack your best tips for meal planning because you've talked a lot about this with your clients. Yes. And again, you know, maybe meal planning, you can make it work for you. Um, and it doesn't have to be beautifully social media friendly and you know something you put on your instagram but maybe there are some tips that that laura can give you here on how to make that meal plan work for you okay yeah awesome yeah meal planning is one of those things that i think can easily overwhelm somebody and feel like a big burden and they yeah. don't get it. And because you see a lot of people who are planning for the month and they're cooking for a month and that type of thing. And so mm-hmm. <laughs> that, you know, to me, menu meal planning can be actually in the moment when you're at a restaurant. It can be just like for, for me, meal planning at breakfast, at lunch and snacks, it's just kind of in the moment. For me, meal planning is only planning my dinner meals, and I plan them about a week in advance. That's it. Right. So you're not necessarily laying out all these pre-portioned containers and, (laughs) you know, making sure. And, you know, one thing that always drives me nuts about some of these is they look like they're eating literally the same thing every day, every evening. And I think, man, I would burn out on chicken and quinoa or chicken and vegetables every single night. Yeah. Yes, for for sure. I don't like that. I like to have variety. Um, and yeah. so that's why I like to, to meal plan. And we'll get into that. But I think it's also, you know, some people think about menu planning as like, this is what has to happen if you want to eat healthy. And so um, while a, kind of a part of that is true, like I do feel like if I don't plan, if I don't plan ahead, I don't have a balanced plate in front of me. I don't know right. about you. Even as a dietitian, no matter what, right. if I fail to plan and I don't have food around, it's really hard for me to put together a balanced meal. Now, I've worked around that by doing some backup meal planning and mm-hmm. that, you know, that can help, but you know, so I do have some go-tos, but that type of thing, I, it doesn't have to be it, it it's just you can tailor it to what your needs are. Right. And you can make room for fun food still. Mm-hmm. You know, pizza night is big around our house. Now, to be fair, we make our own pizza because we just prefer to make our own pizza uh-huh. um, because it, it tastes better than what we can buy. Uh-huh. But we work in regularly a pizza night yeah. once a week, maybe once every couple weeks. Yeah, where same we here. Do the homemade dough and we do the whole thing. So there's fun foods. It is doesn't have to just be chicken and vegetables every night. Right, right, and quinoa, and yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and the other thing is, I actually plan, too, to go out 
So for me and my husband, we have kind of date night trivia night once a week, and we plan to go out to dinner that night. So I'm planning mm -hmm. to eat out. <laughs> right. So, um, so anyway, yeah. So like we've said, I like to point out that meal planning, it doesn't have to be planning for a full month's worth of meals. It doesn't have to be all home cooked meals either. And it's not even, I still meal plan, even though I'm not a family of four anymore. It's just me and right. my husband. And actually meal planning, a lot of people think it, I don't know, maybe you think it's expensive. It really, to me, it, it's a no brainer. It saves me money. It saves you right. money. For us, it saves on money on unplanned eating out. Yes. Because, you know, yes, there's one thing to say, tomorrow night's date night and we're going out and you budget that. Right. But if you are not necessarily, don't have a concept of what is going to happen for dinner, it mm -hmm. is extremely easy to default to fast food or take out Chinese. And yes. we really got into that trap a few years ago where we were eating out way more than we should have because we didn't didn't have an idea of what our meals would look like for the week and we really were kind of flying by the seat of our pants. Yeah. And that 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 adds up yeah. on your, your bills. It yeah. really does. Yeah. And probably the most important thing that I think people think meal planning is, but it's not, is they think it's inflexible. They right. think that it's set in stone because you plan this is what is gonna happen. <laughs> so my favorite example of this is, okay, if my, you know, my sister wants to cook dinner and invite us to dinner, I am going to do that, like spur of the moment, you know, mm -hmm. and I can push back my dinner that I was planning on having that night, you know? Right. So I like to think about it as being very flexible too. Right. We got into that the other night. We've been making a lot of chicken dishes mm -hmm. and my husband's like, done with chicken for the week. <laughs> Even though I had thawed chicken, and I'm like, okay, right. we'll do something else. Yeah. So we had a backup meal that we just moved up in the mm -hmm. week um, yeah. that we were going to do in the, over the weekend. And so now it wasn't a chicken dish, and so he was happy. Yes, <laughs> so, very good. Yes. All so right. when you work with clients, you know, if you're finding, you know, it's I always think you have to find the why. Right. For why you want to do anything. Right. You know, why do you want to exercise? Why do you want to eat healthier? What do you, why do you want to do anything? Right. So when you say, what is your why? What are the things that you ask patients? Right. So for menu planning, it's like, are you, you know, maybe interested in eating a variety of foods? We mentioned that because it does give you good variety. Uh, maybe you're more concerned with saving money just eating better, obviously, but maybe it's also preventing food waste is a big thing for you. And you're really working, you're wasting a lot of food, which also is wasting a lot of money. So maybe you're doing that. For me, this is a number one reason why I meal plan is maybe it's to prevent, you know, your, or to uh, help your sanity. <laughs> because right. for, um, for me, like I said, it saves my sanity to know when I leave the house in the day, you know, the morning or I get up, I, I can see, okay, this is what I was planning on making for dinner tonight. And so I, it just gives me peace of mind. Okay. And, and I mentally prepares me for my dinner that night, mm -hmm. you know? So yeah. So do, you, do you ask, you know, like if, say, if you're asking a client, you know, what is your why, you know what they say? Well, I want to do all of that. <laughs> you right. know, 
what what is your advice in those situations a lot of times you want to do all that but i would say let's let's do let's do meal planning just for your sanity or you know what i mean let's look at it in terms of just that for now uh, let's pick one of these things that maybe is most important for you to work on because otherwise it can be a, it can cause burnout. It can cause you to be like, uh, you know, this is uh, too much too fast. So kind of picking a couple things that you want to focus on and that matter the most to you and then start meal planning around that. So, you know, if somebody's saying, okay, I want to preserve sanity or I want to prevent food waste, or they've picked their why, mm-hmm. then what do they do next? Sure. So there's kind of like three steps when you're meal planning. You're first of all, you gotta select your recipes, you wanna shop for the ingredients, and then of course prepping the meals. When we're selecting recipes, <laughs> what I do is I like a variety for me, so that's kind of what I'm doing. If if we're not quite ready for variety, if we're just working on sanity and food waste, then we're going to talk about picking recipes that you can maybe cook once, eat twice from, put it Mm -hmm. in a crock pot, and then it's ready for you at the end of the day. And really make sure that you're reinventing your leftovers and using up what you're making. So when I focus on recipe selection, it's kind of with that in mind. But in general, what I recommend is find a day of the week that's good for you for setting up your, picking your recipes, setting up your grocery list. I tend to do this on Saturday mornings when I go to the grocery store. Like I go to the grocery store right after I do my menu planning. Uh, You don't really need any special equipment and... Uh, it's based on your personal preference too. I've kind of learned some do's and don'ts along the way on this, <laughs> but you know, typically I plan on just focusing on dinner meals. Like I said, breakfast and lunch tend to be grab and go and a great way to utilize leftovers. So keeping that in mind when you know you're making a crock pot meal or like a pot of chili and you're going to have leftovers, think about, can I use that for lunch the next day? And items you need for breakfast and lunch, I just add directly to my grocery list. I just make sure that I have a stock. I have my eggs, my traditional things. So, but then the other thing I think about when I'm thinking about recipes is I also have to consider who's going to be home. If you're in a busy household, when my kids were younger, it was like, okay, this is soccer night. So, you know, I've got one kid out, one kid in, you know, so, you know, know who you're preparing for know what your schedule is, know how much time you're going to have to cook that meal. If you have 30 minutes or less, that's going to dictate what recipe you're choosing. If you've got more time, maybe uh, I I love looking at like recipes. Maybe it's going to be a better night for you. You can come home, put something in the oven and go exercise. And when you're done, you know, when it's done out of the oven, you're done with your workout and you can eat. You know, it just... The other thing is just your, if your day is really, you know, crazy busy and you know it's going to be crazy busy, maybe that's a leftover day or maybe that's the night you're going to eat out. How can you get families involved? You know, this is one thing that I know 
you know, ideally, I mean, you want to get kids in the kitchen when they can prepare and help and Mm -hmm. chop and, you know, all kids of different ages can do things in the kitchen. But in terms of menu planning or meal planning, how can we get the family involved? I love when I'm meal planning, I mean, not so much anymore, but, you know, I used to love to have the kids. I still have my husband help me. I'll throw out there as I'm, you know, creating my meal plan, I'll I'll say, hey, do you have any requests for this week? And so also when you do that with your kids, it really gets them involved and then it gets them looking forward to the meal. So a lot of times I also have to say, great, that's a great idea for for a meal this week, we're going to have that, you know, Thursday. So they don't Mm -hmm. expect it the next day or or anything like that. But yeah, so just getting them involved and helping them to share the responsibility. Once they got, once my kids got older, I would actually say, I would let them plan the meal and tell me what they need at the grocery store. So they would actually plan the entire meal. And then- And they would cook it too. So what do you want to cook this week? And then, awesome. Yes. <laughs> so do you need any special tools? I mean, I'm thinking like, okay, if you know, somebody needs some way to either write all this stuff down. I, you know, for example, I put my meal plan for the week in my phone and just a mm-hmm. notes app, but what other yeah. ways can, can families do this? Sure. So you can do high tech and plan your meals. There are apps out there that you can use. One of the apps that I have for my recipes also allows you to do meal planning. I don't use it, but you can. So there are a lot of apps out there. I recommend old school, personally. I tell people, get a dry erase board. Get something that can be in front of you and visible in the kitchen. And so I have a refrigerator I can't really do magnets on. It's one of those built-in fancy ones. And so I kind of do a dry erase board. But you could also do something that would hang on your refrigerator. And just anything like that. When it comes to meal planning, I will This is what I look like. I will be at my kitchen table. I will have my dry erase board, which is where I'm planning. And it actually, it came from an office store and it has the different days of the week on it, you know? And Mm -hmm. so I just plan my dinners out on there. And then I actually have an envelope like that came in from the mail and it has nothing on the back. You know, just old mail that I was going to recycle. So before I recycle it, I just use it to write my grocery list on because that way I can put coupons in the envelope and take them with me Mm -hmm. to the grocery store. So anyway, but those are the things that I recommend. You know, find a way that you can do it that it will be easily accessible to you, even if it's just within your phone on your notes that this is what we're going to have for the meals this week. Mm -hmm. Something you can yeah. refer back to. I think that um, some people struggle with new recipes. You know, one thing we had done a while back was, you know, write down, you know, 15 meals that we have in like a rotation. Yeah. <laughs> you know, kind uh-huh. of feel like we, we, but then sometimes I feel like, okay, we're getting kind of tired of those. Yep. And we're looking, you know, to find new recipes. What are some of your tips for, you know, because sometimes it can feel you can look at these websites and the pictures are amazing. And yeah, I mean, of course, they're always full of ads. But, right. <laughs> you know, how do you how do you pick? Because yeah. you could spend all day looking at recipes. Absolutely. And it gets overwhelming. So first of all, one of the biggest mistakes I've ever made is, well, I, I used to get a cooking light magazine and it would bring new recipes to me once 
in a while. Uh, I kind of love that, but then you have to be careful not to take, pick up more than one new recipe a week. So if you want to start adding into your rotation, maybe just do one new recipe every once in a while, like once a week. Don't try to cook three new recipes in one week. Trust me, I've mm-hmm. done it. It's miserable. I was, uh, but yeah, when men, you know, I like to kind of pull out cookbooks, uh, and you can search the internet, magazines. Honestly, one time I was so desperate for a new recipe and I was just kind of like overwhelmed by looking through what I already had on hand at home or on the internet. I went to the store and I'm like, okay, I know I want to do a pasta dinner, but I don't know what I want to do. So I went to the store. I picked up a pasta that was unique looking fun pasta and there was a recipe on the back. And I swear it's one of our favorite meals. (laughs) So, and so I just got the ingredients while I was at the store. So don't, don't feel like you need to be bored. Finding new recipes is really fun. And then, you know, if you know, maybe, like you said, we're getting burnout on chicken. I need something different. Then you can say, okay, let's look at some seafood recipes or let's look at, you know, and that can help narrow down your search for also for the new recipe. You know, we talked about, you know, dry erase boards and envelopes and notes apps, (laughs) but you know, what are some of your other tools for success for finding recipes or, you know, even just so one of the things that's most annoying to me when I use an internet recipe, I'm just going to put this out there, is my screen goes off. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Help me with this. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. So this, I'm going to sound like a billboard, but okay. So, and I don't get any kickbacks from this company. I wish I did. Oh, but we should. <laughs> we should. I tried. I, I emailed them. <laughs> but there's an app out there called Paprika. This app, it, I love this app. This has helped me organize all of my recipes. Uh, it is something that you can't, you do have to pay for this app. But it is worth it because it doesn't go to screensaver when you have your recipe pulled up. So it's amazing just for that. And you can use it across devices. So for me, it was the best investment I've ever made. In fact, it's the only investment I've ever made on an app before. (laughs) So for everyone out there, I'm looking at it now. It's $4.99. Yep, five bucks. What have you spent $5 on this week? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, it's totally right. worth it. And it's cute. It just looks like if, if you're looking for it, you'll reckon if you just type in paprika, uh, it looks like a little spice jar of paprika. And uh, it is one of my favorite recipes you can the, or, or apps. What you can do is if you have a family recipe, you can type it in if you wanted to. Uh, you can also if you have recipes on the Internet that you like go to that recipe that you've bookmarked and you can either copy the URL or within the Paprika app, you can browse the website or the web and then you can find your recipe through there and it'll detect it. And then it'll say download recipe and it just downloads and pulls it into the app. And from there you can categorize it. So I do have my recipes categorized for main dish and then from there, I've got my beef, I've got my chicken, I've got my pork, I've got my seafood, I've got my vegetarian. I've got it all categorized uh, in there as well. The cool thing about this app is Paprika 
like I said, keeps on your screen, but it has timers. So like in, a, in the recipe, in the directions, if it says saute for two minutes, if you click on the two minutes, it'll bring up a timer. Oh, and that's that, fantastic. It, it is. Uh, the other thing is you can actually scale ingredients to the, deserve ser the desired serving. So if I have a bunch of people coming over and I need to scale it times two, I need to double the recipe. It doubles everything for you, does all the math. And so that's super easy and super great. So anyway, like I said, it really helps with downloading recipes. And a lot of my family recipes, I can find the bare bones on the internet and then I just go mm -hmm. in and edit it. And that's yeah. a whole lot easier than typing everything in. It also has a way of doing a grocery list. So from a recipe, if you like that recipe and you want to include it for that week, Paprika will actually allow you to do grocery lists and then you can send it to your phone. So if you do like, oh yeah, if you do right. like the more not the old school envelope like I like to do. <laughs> so I do a combination. I pull up my Paprika app and then I have my envelope there and I because I, I just I don't know. I like to see my grocery list. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so one thing that I um, have a very bad habit of is buying cookbooks because I love cookbooks and, you know, kind of sometimes it's like food porn for me. I just love to look at this stuff, you know, mm -hmm. you know, what cookbooks can you not live without? If you had to pick one cookbook mm -hmm. to have in your kitchen, what would it be? Absolutely. hundred percent. I recommend the Better Homes and Garden cookbook. This is my go-to cookbook. I believe no kitchen should be without it. It really basically tells you how to make pancakes, how to how to do the basics of cooking and the basic recipes that I think we all would enjoy. And uh, it also has like how to do different roasts and different cuts of meats and how to roast them and the roasting times and that type of thing. So um, it tells you different cooking methods based on the cut of meat you have. It has conversions in there. So... Uh, my favorite conversion is uh, if you don't have buttermilk, this is how you make buttermilk from yeah. milk and lemon juice. And so and it's also got just your basic conversions of, you know, one cup equals eight ounces of fluids, you know, so you, how you can convert back and forth with the different measurements also. It's kind of the Bible of cookbooks. It really like. is. It really yeah. is. Do you have that one? I think I do. Okay. But yeah. Then I'm like, I have bad habits of like, oh, I'm buying an air fryer cookbook or a, a <laughs> right. cookbook or, oh. you know, and that's, that's something if you are selecting a cookbook, you know, if you are looking to use your air fryer more, mm -hmm. you know, you want to buy right. a specific cookbook for the air fryer. Yeah. If that's something that you're interested in, or if you've just got an Instapot and you're not really sure where to exactly. start with it. Exactly. Yes. You know, a specialized cookbook might be helpful. And then the other thing that I find is, you know, if I'm looking at a specific health condition, of course, yes. because gluten-free is the thing that mm -hmm. I like to talk about a lot, you know, there are lots of specific cookbooks out there for health conditions, whether it's vegetarianism or gluten-free or, and of right. course, there's all on the internet too, but right. the nice thing about sometimes with cookbooks like that is there's nutrition analysis as well. Yes. Yeah. And one it's thing helpful. people might not realize is the library has a lot of cookbooks also. So you could yes. get some cookbooks at the library if you're not sure you want to keep, you know, like if it's going to be a good cookbook for you or, you know, right. you can always borrow from the library and return them so you don't if you have short on storage space. Um, just so you know, the Better Homes and Garden cookbook, that's the one which is the red and white checkered cookbook. Yes. 
So that's most families like hand that down too. So, and then my other go-to cookbook is a cookbook written by a dietitian. Her name is Zonia Foco. She wrote oh, a cookbook. I love her. Yes. She, I love her. So she, she was, she was, I heard her speak once. She was fantastic. She has energy. Fantastic. Yes. I Lickety wish. Split Meals. I love that cookbook. <laughs> yes. That's the cookbook. It's called Lickety yes. Split Meals. And it's awesome because it actually doesn't even just give you one recipe, but it tells you a whole meal plan. So it's basically like, okay, one of our favorite recipes out of there is her white bean and penny pasta dish. Mm. And so it says, okay, but with it, you're also going to be preparing a salad and you're going to be preparing some Texas or some uh, garlic toast. And so it tells you in the recipe, not just, okay, this is what you need to do. It, it basically tells you what to do when. So it's overlapping all those recipes. If you're going to incorporate the salad, this is where you need to, this is where you have the time to make a salad or do some vegetables or something. So I love the way she laid out her cookbook and I highly recommend it for beginners or, you know, just people looking for some good basic. She has everything from like five minute meals to you know, she's got 30 minute meals. She's got crock pot meals. She's got all these different sections. Uh, she's the one that started that oven exercise eat that, that idea yeah. and that concept for me. So I really like that. Yeah. And if you don't have a pencil handy or a pen with you, we will put all links to these cookbooks in the show notes. So yes. You can definitely check that out. Yes, absolutely. So I think one of the things that people scout, you know, we've talked about this a little bit already is time management, whether it's the fact that people may not be home at mealtime, which happens frequently. Yep. You know, we're, we're experiencing that in the house right now where my husband's going to school in the evenings. So he is eating uh, early right? and then we're eating later. So a lot of slow cooking going on on, yep. on class nights because yep. he can eat when he gets home and then he leaves, yes. you know, and then we can eat later. But then also, you know, time management, but then budget management. Is there a way to do more bulk cooking? And we'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yes, absolutely. You know, we menu, menu planning can save you time. It can help you reduce your trips to the store and uh, kind of get you to the point where maybe you're going to the store once a week, ideally. But when you plan ahead, you can take advantage of cooking once for multiple meals. So, for example... When I buy chicken at the grocery store, I buy the large packages uh, that are enough for two two meals for a family of four. And then I plan on when I'm going to, maybe I, I plan that my first meal with that chicken is going to be a grilled chicken with, uh, you know, a side of, I don't know, quinoa or rice and some vegetables, your basic you know, meal, but then I might say, okay, I'm going to cook up the rest of this chicken. And then we're going to have another night. We're going to have large salads with chicken on top and, or I can change it into a Mexican night and use that chicken for quesadillas or tacos or something like that. So you get to cook once and then have it twice. I actually, sometimes I've even been able to do cook once and have three meals Oh, that's great. So like, so I might do that. I might do like the, the grilled chicken, the grilled salad. And then one other night is going to be the Mexican night. Or alternatively, I have some great soups as we're getting into the fall. You know, I have like a spicy pork pozzoli that I can use chicken instead of pork. 
And mm-hmm. so it makes a great, then you just shred up any chicken that's left over. Anytime you have leftover chicken and you're not sure what to do with it, shred it up and throw it in the freezer. Yes. So you'll like yourself later when you do you that. You will <laughs> definitely like yourself later. Anytime yeah. I make a roast, I know I can get twice two meals out of that at least, you know, depending right. on the big, the size of it. And uh, another thing is like, recipes that maybe are a little more intensive. I always try to plan to do those on the weekends. One of our favorites is homemade chicken enchiladas. And it makes a huge portion. And it's easy to batch cook that and make an extra pan of that so that I can put it in the freezer and keep it for another time. So we'll have enchiladas maybe twice that week. I'll plan on having enchiladas and, and baking it the first night. And then I'll have some other meal in between. And then the ne- maybe the next night after that, because some people don't like to eat leftovers back to back to back, you know, so maybe having chicken enchiladas one night, doing your grilled chicken the next night, and then doing another night of the leftover chicken enchiladas, because it makes so much. And then I've got one in the freezer too. Right. <laughs> it's awesome. Yep things that I see people struggle with is prepping fruits and vegetables because and then this this when we go talk about that food waste right this is one of the areas where produce is one of the most wasted items because yep. people buy wonderful things with wonderful intentions I do it too yeah oh I'll definitely <laughs> eat all those strawberries right you know and then I bring them home and I put them in the, the produce crisper and then a week later oh crap yeah about them. Yes. So what kind of tips can people take away about getting that produce prepped so it's ready to eat? For certain fruits and vegetables, when you get home from the store is the best time to get them kind of washed, prepped, and ready to eat or cook and or get them in a place where you know people know where they are and where they can go to find them. So for example, for lettuce, you know, I, I don't do this as much, but because these days they have those bins of lettuce that they sell at the grocery store that are already washed and ready to go. But if that's, that's it, that is more expensive. It's actually a lot less expensive if you buy a couple different heads of lettuce and then I'll bring that lettuce home, wash it, tear it up and put it in a Tupperware container so that it's, ready to go. So on a busy weeknight, I'm just putting lettuce already ready to go into salad bowls and then chopping up some baby carrots and putting it on there and ready to go. Uh, When you buy broccoli and cauliflower, those are things that are fairly easy and fairly hearty. So you could wash them, cut them up and put them in baggies or Tupperware containers. And that way they're easy to go and grab and go for lunches or snacks or even for dinner and putting it into the microwave and steaming it for dinner. Anyway, uh, there's a lot to be said for prepping your fruits and vegetables because they are more apt to be eaten. You know, like oranges that maybe are already peeled, you have to be careful they might dry out. But Mm -hmm. if you know, maybe you do that the night before for lunches the next day or something like that. Right. Sometimes I know I'm doing like roast in the crock pot. I'll get the potatoes scrubbed, not cut, but I'll Mm -hmm. scrub them the night before, leave them them out. And then I'll do all my carrots and I'll peel and cut 
and yes. put them in just a bowl of water in yep. the refrigerator. So all I have to do in the morning is just throw three things in the crock pot and walk away. Absolutely. Um, I love and, that. Yes. Right. So, you know, you can do some of that. I mean, I don't want to peel carrots at 6 a.m. No. Yeah. Cut my finger off if I'm not careful. Right. You know, so if I'm half half asleep. So, you know, yeah, I don't want to do that in the morning. I want to mm-hmm. have that stuff pre-prepped. Everything's pre-washed and ready to go. Right. Yeah. I love that. If you, That's a great idea. I, I will use that, actually. So, yeah, chopping those potatoes, putting them in water and putting them in the refrigerator, they would be fine. Perfectly fine the right. next morning. So. Right. Yeah, if you chop them though and don't put them in water, they will turn orange. So yes. you don't want you don't <laughs> yes. want that. So, mm-hmm. all right. Oh. Now, of course, there are some produce that you can't wash too far right. ahead. Things like strawberries and right. things like that. Any but, kind of berries, yeah. I I don't recommend washing ahead of time because they will go bad faster. Right. Yeah. You know, I think the other thing that people struggle with with meal planning is they feel like it has to be, like you said, super healthy all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. You know, yes, you want to pick recipes that help meet your nutrition goals and mm-hmm. have that balanced plate, but also you want to cook things that you want to eat and your family wants to eat. Right. Yeah, absolutely. If, yeah. Think about it this way. I guess if you're going to go out to dinner and you're going to have a burger or something like that, if you make it at home, you are in better control over that burger, what kind of meat you start with, uh, what kind of goes on the burger and on the sandwiches. And so you're in a lot more control when you're doing that yourself instead of having somebody else make it for you. So I love making things like that. Like you said, your pizza. I love that. I love making homemade pizzas. And yeah, there's sometimes where it's even better if you make it than a restaurant makes it for you. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, I put the dough in the bread machine. Mm -hmm. I do have a bread machine recipe dough that takes 90 minutes. I put everything in. I walk away. Mm -hmm. We pull that dough out. We add the toppings and we cook it in the cast iron and it's just beautiful. You know, so again, that's not a lot of work. I'm not, you know, letting things rise. And then literally I put it in the bread machine and walk away. And then I have dough 90 minutes later. That's awesome. Yes. (laughs) Good for you for still using your bread machine. (laughs) I've kind of. Oh God, I love my bread machine. I know. (laughs) I love (laughs) mine too. Yeah. I've kind of figured out a way to just do it in my KitchenAid mixer, cover it and walk away. But it's the same thing. But yeah, I know. (laughs) My KitchenAid mixer is heavy. My bread yes. machine is not. This is <laughs> true. Like, this like is true. That. Yes. All so, right. you know, I mean, I think to wrap up, you know, people feel like you said, when we talk about meal planning, they think meal prep, they mm-hmm. think stress, they think tiny containers, they right. think, you know, and, and again, if that works for you, if it's really helpful to have everything, I see this with a lot of single people yes. who are not mm-hmm. cooking for a family. It's very helpful for them to go home yeah. at night and have a prepped meal, they microwave it or cook it, they sit yeah. down and eat it. Yeah. And that works well for them. May not work as well for a family of four. Right. So right. do something like that, but you have to do what works for you. Mm-hmm. But at one thing, again, I feel people like get intimidated right. by Instagram and Pinterest and all of these wonderful places, you know, that are great for browsing yeah. and looking at, at recipes, but can be overwhelming. So, you right. know, I think with meal planning, Figure out what works for you. And just like you said, find your why. Find right. your your reason for wanting to do this because everyone's right. reason is different. Everyone. Exactly. Right. And then, you know, some maybe a few things if you're just starting out is choosing meals that will give you leftovers. 
It will really help with your sanity if you're not cooking every night. I don't like to cook every night. I like to have a night where I'm planning on leftovers or a crockpot meal or something like that. Uh, Cook recipes you know with maybe one new recipe a week. Uh, Mm -hmm. Again, it's just overwhelming otherwise. And pick recipes based on common ingredients. You know, so if you are looking for a new recipe, making making sure that it's something that you might already have on hand, too, and that can help with the food waste also. Right. And then cook things that you really, really want to eat, because if you, you know, <laughs> so cook the things that you enjoy and, and start there. Yeah. yeah. And shop your pantry first. That's something exactly. that we run into a lot. Where yes. If I haven't looked to see in the pantry, did I have three bags of macaroni? Probably didn't need to buy another. Right. You know, so again, make sure that you're you're checking your pantry first because we right. have, often we do keep a pretty good supply of those staples around. Mm-hmm. And like you said, this is where your backup meals can help you. You know, yeah. our backup meal can always be pasta and sauce. Yep. Because I always Same. have that around. So if <laughs> right. we're all burned out on whatever else I was going to fix or people are like, oh, I don't really feel like that. Right. I can absolutely, I keep frozen baguettes in the freezer. I can make mm-hmm. my own bread. I can yeah. make my own pasta and sauce. And we can have spaghetti in 20 minutes. Right. Um, and, and we do sometimes a lot easier. Yeah, absolutely. Frozen ravioli is a great way to add a little protein yes. to that or frozen meatballs. So if you've got pasta in the cover and a frozen meatball, you've got some protein with your pasta and your sauce and uh, frozen frozen vegetables also. I can't yes. recommend them enough. Uh, I always have those back up um, on hand because if something does go bad, I have something that I can pull out of the freezer and I can still have a vegetable with my meal. Right. Because even when you meal plan, things fail. <laughs> Absolutely. Sometimes so, it can happen. Well, I appreciate all your advice on this. I told you to ask, before we got started, I was stealing all of this uh, <laughs> for patient handouts because this is all fantastic. We'd love to hear your ideas. If you have ideals, ideas on meal planning or meal prepping, we'd love to hear them. You can reach us at dish at secretliferd.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at the Secret Life, uh, the Secret Life Dietitians. And again, we will see you wherever you get your podcast. Please, again, rate us wherever you listen to us. Uh, Again, even if it's not five stars, please rate us and leave a comment. Um, Again, we'd love to hear from you. And if you have show ideas, please, again, reach us out to us on email or via social media. So we will see you next time. 